Hi, it's Jennifer Diane Ghostin, and welcome to Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land. You may have wondered what reunion looks like from an adoptee's point of view, or be embarking upon taking that journey yourself to search for your first family, or simply want confirmation that you are not alone in your experience, wherever you are on the path of healing and pushing through a trauma. Wouldn't it be empowering to have many of your burning questions answered here? My next guest reached out to me in hopes of having a conversation about her adoption journey. I was delighted that she was interested in sharing her story for an episode on this podcast. When she expressed an interest in volunteering at the in-person NAAP National Association of Adoptees and Parents Conference scheduled for September 10th and 11th this year in Indianapolis, Indiana, I recognized her passion to positively contribute to the community. She participates in virtual meetings via Zoom to stay connected with other adoptees and appreciates the camaraderie afforded to all of us. She is a writer and shared her poem on a Rooted in Adoption YouTube video hosted by Shelby Redfield Kilgore. You will hear me recite toward the end of this episode. I find her to be most in touch with her feelings about the bumps and valleys of her experience as an adoptee. Allow me to introduce you to Tammy, an adoptee in reunion who has managed to keep her head pointed toward the sky despite the many challenges thrown in her direction. Hi, Tammy. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing really good, and I'm glad you agreed to have a conversation with me for this episode. I believe you reached out to me via email, and tell me, how did you find me? I was on Facebook, on a couple of Facebook pages, because I'd seen about the conference that's in Indianapolis that's not too far where I live from, and so just going over different adoption pages that day, I just happened to stumble across it. I thought it was that you could write in your story or write about your story. I didn't know it was going to be a podcast. So I've been on a couple of other Facebook pages where I've written in like a poem. I did that for one of the rooted and adoption pages. That's on YouTube, a poem called Birth Mother. So mm. just was curious that day, looking around at different things. I'm glad you found me. And it sounds like you're going to be attending the in-person conference that NAAP is having this year. Um, yes, I'd like to. Then I told him I wanted to volunteer because that would be my first um, conference to go to. Then and seeing that one, one of the speakers' name is Christine Murphy, so that was my adoptive mother's name. I just felt like that was kind of weird. And then I just happened, you know, to find a conference that day, so I put on there. On one of the comments that I feel like maybe I was supposed to be there with that being my mother's name. That is interesting. So are you mm. excited about going to the conference? Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah. So you're an adoptee and you're in reunion. So I really would like to hear your story. You can start from wherever you'd like. Okay. I met her like that in 98 because my father died my adoptive father died in 95 so I began to get kind of curious about maybe 99 where it was like I would see strange women and then you know women I didn't know and wondered if that was her so I began to get preoccupied again with who and why so 
went to one of my mother's friends and asked her that she knows that she told me where the grandmother lived, which wasn't like maybe two, three streets from where I grew up at. So I went there and I think she knew who I was because she like put her hand to her chest, like, oh my God, who are you? So I went in and I talked to her and she's like, she couldn't tell me anything because I guess, you know, the mother, her daughter wouldn't talk about it. So I left, but I couldn't, I wasn't able to let it go. So then I wrote her a letter then wrote a letter to the mother saying I didn't want any problems. I didn't want to start anything. I just wanted to know why she gave me up for adoption. So like maybe two weeks later, I got a call from Chicago because the birth mother lives in Chicago saying, actually it was her husband saying, do you think your wife is my mother? And I was like, yes. So we talked for a few minutes. So then she asked me to come down there for a counseling session. And um, then, you know, she told me, I asked her why she gave me up for adoption. And she said that, father was abusive and sexually abusing one of the daughters and that's why she gave me up and then it was like that had happened to me and the adoptive family but I didn't tell her that so we kind of got along and she seemed nice so you know she wanted me to stay and go to church with her but I decided to leave so that was in 98 so then like in 99 she'd happen to call and then ask me for money because her stephusband had died, and then I told her I didn't have it. So we got off the phone, and she was like, I love all my children. I'm like thinking, like, you're yeah, right. I'm the one you gave up for adoption. And then I happened to meet the father in 2003, because one of the girls I worked with, she was good friends with someone who happened to be my cousin. And so then she was like, do you want to meet your father? So I'm like, yes. I think it was like two weeks after that, I ended up meeting him. So I just met the mother in 98 and the father and a sister in 2003 and then I think it was 2011 the mother the grandmother had died so I ended up going to her funeral and then in 2011 an uncle died and I went to his funeral and so we kind of exchanged words to where I was gonna tell her that I, I was gonna tell that I forgive her but I think she was like in denial because she was like I'm not your mother and you don't even know who your birth parents is. You're going by he say, she say. So that kind of hurt my feelings. After that, I decided to go to the courthouse and ask them. But then that's when you had non-identifying information. So then they sent me back, you know, the forms, and I had to fill that out. So I got, like, the non-identifying information. But then after that, I decided not to, you know, try and pursue any, any kind of relationship with her. So then I think it was 2000 and. I want to say 16 or 17, where they had changed the law here in Indiana, where they were going to release closed adoption records. So I was able then to get my original birth certificate then. So for her to tell me she wasn't the mother in 2011, it turned out she was. So kind of from there, it's like you told me you wasn't, and then turns out you are. So I'm, you know, then kind of from there, kind of really decided not to pursue any type of relationship or contact with her. Mm. So she had how many children total? Mm. I think seven all together where two died in the house fire on 65. And that's another reason why she said she gave me up. She said the father accused her of that. I think she went somewhere and there was two brothers. I think they were six and two months old and stuff. And so she had me in 68 on there when I met the sister along with the father in 2003. She had asked that I know she gave another one up in 1970s. I think it was like seven all together. I'm the second youngest of seven. So 
but she said that wasn't true. I guess, you know, the people was making up a lot of lies about her because then she told them that I had died. And then I guess to cover up me being adopted. So then when I asked her that, she was like, I wasn't supposed to find that part out. So I'm not really sure if she gave her another one up. But I think she did because, like I said, I vaguely remember when I, you know, it was like surreal when I was with her. Just like, this is the woman who gave me up for did, adoption and caused all this hurt. Did she raise any of her children? I think all but the, I think she had like more boys and girls. I know the two sisters that I talked to a couple of years apart that know that one of the the older sister that she was sent to live with the grandmother that lives here or lived here in Muncie. So Mm -hmm. I think she didn't deal with the girls too much. And then that was one that told me that she wasn't raised by her mother. And then when I met her, she was like, she was, I think she got married at 15 and was forced to marry the father, so I don't, I kind of got the impression she wasn't happy with that that way, so. It sounds like your reunion isn't the best. It could could have been a lot better. Tell me a little bit about growing up. You've always known, or, or when did you learn that you were adopted? Um, I think I was like seven or eight, me and a couple of my friends were outside playing, then the one guy, she got hit with the ball, so then... From there, she started saying, you're adopted, and then left. So then my other, okay, she was like, people are saying you're adopted. But then she left, and then my other friend was like, she's the one that's saying it. So I guess her parents knew because her mother and my mother were friends, but we had ended up meeting in kindergarten. Then when I was like 12, another girl, we were like joking around at lunchtime, and she was like, you're adopted. So it's like, from there, I began to question it so by 12 I kind of you know was I think old enough to ask how did you have me how long was your labor and she couldn't answer those questions and I just kept on asking questions and then like when she would drink on Friday or Saturday nights she would you know I would ask her thinking I could catch her get her to tell me the truth at that when she was in you know that state so she would tell me I was and then by Sunday when she was sober she would tell me she was joking and that I wasn't adopted. But by then, I had kind of just her not answering those questions, you know, those specific questions. I was just able to kind of put it together that I was adopted. And then after my father died in 95, then I guess she was like, you are adopted. So I'm like, how about, you know, I've always known that. So how about you tell me who? And she was like that. She couldn't tell me anything, just that the mother lived in Chicago and had a lot of kids. So I think... My father had told her that because I guess she told him that I was asking questions. So I guess with him having had died where she was like that he didn't want me to know, I guess, to where now she was going to tell me the truth. So then that led me, you know, beginning to do a search to ask because she was like she didn't know anything. So when you first find out, you you kind of know what adopted means, but you don't, you just don't, you just kind of let it sit until you're about 12, right? Okay, no, after that, we'd had a cousin that come to stay with us. And then I asked him, and I could tell he didn't want to tell me, but he ended up telling me. So he was like, I was like, well, how are they not my parents? You know, I didn't understand that. And then he was like, somebody else had you. And then the part he didn't want to tell me, I guess he thought it was hurt, would hurt. It was like, she gave you up for adoption. And then kind of there, I began to kind of understand it and then just get it. Mm-hmm. And so 
you were thinking about your family of origin and wanting to find out who they were, who your birth mother was, and that was when you were a teenager? In my 20s, when I kind of finally d- decided to really do like a search mm-hmm. or, you know, ask outside of my family. Because I'd asked one of my aunts, because those my parents, they wasn't real educated. I think my the birth mother had only went the I mean, the adoptive mother had only went to the second grade, and my father went to the sixth grade, so I was asking my father's sister, and she was like, she did the adoption papers. And then another funny thing about that, her daughter married the birth mother's sister's nephew, which I always thought that was kind of weird, And but then no one seemed to know anything. But mm-hmm. she was like, she did the adoption papers, you know, because they couldn't fill them out themselves. Mm. That's why I always kind of thought that was weird. You were an yeah. only child? Yes. Okay. So your adoptive mom, um, clearly there was some issues with alcohol. And Yes, she drank on the weekend. Yeah. And so how would you say your childhood was growing up in the home? Once you, especially once your father passed. Maybe my teenage years, because it's like she was verbally abusive when she drank. And other than that, you know, she was like quiet. Like where she was always, like I'd be up by myself. She may go to bed at five and my father, he was hardly there. So I kind of grew up alone, you know, especially once I had to be in after five and, you know, with the street lights. I was always by myself. So I kind of just grew up by myself. Mm-hmm. And stuff, so. Because the story was that I was just left at the hospital, abandoned. And then when I, because that's how that came up, she's like, because I was asking her questions then, and she was like, well, you should hate her because she just left you there with a man. And then when I was able to meet the birth mother in 98, I asked her that, and she was like, that was the rumor the man I left with was your father. But she had told him I died. But then when I met him in 2003, he was like, that's why she wouldn't let her him come to the hospital, so I kind of got, you know, back and forth stories of he knew and that he didn't know. Mm. So I'm not, you know, really clear on all of that, because it seemed like I kept getting the runaround. I was asking and stuff. Now, once you saw your birth mother, did you see yourself? Did you see that mural wing? Did you, do you all look alike? I kind of saw it more with the father, I think, when I saw it, because she gave me a picture when I was there, so... I kind of saw resemblance in him and then kind of there felt like for the first time I see somebody that I look like. So by that time it was weird because it was always, you know, that I felt like I didn't look like anybody. Mm-hmm. And so the mother a little bit, when I showed a picture to one of my friends and she was like, she kind of saw a resemblance with her, but mm-hmm. I see one, but then again, not. But I kind of thought I really looked like the father. Mm-hmm. Do you have siblings that you are in relationship with or no? No, I just talked to a couple of sisters. And then in 98, I had talked to her brother, where he was like, I remember her carrying you, and we were supposed to meet, but he ended up dying for that. So now I'm not in reunion with any of the family. Tammy, I wanted to ask you, how did it feel to see your original birth certificate for the first time? kind of relieved because I didn't know what it was at first because I was I went to the mailbox I'd sent off for it and they were like you're going to get it in 
six to eight weeks, I began to not set myself up for it. Then I began to look forward to it coming. Then it didn't come within that time. So then I stopped looking forward to coming. So then I went to the mailbox and happened to get in. It was like from the Indiana Health Department. So I was thinking it was something else. So as I began to read it, it's like this is my original birth certificate. So I, she had ended up naming me when I didn't think she did because I went to school a couple of years before that. And then in one of my writing classes, we had to write a manifesto. So throughout all my classes, I decided to write about adoption whenever I could. So in that manifesto I wrote, I didn't think she had named me because I'd felt like for the first two months of my life, because I got adopted at two months old, I didn't have a name or a home. So she ended up naming me Diane Lawrence. So that was kind of a relief. And then just to see that she was the mother and the father kind of just gave me, I think, the closure that I needed on who was the parent. Right. Because I didn't know she had lied, but it was a relief to finally see. I don't think I've dealt with it like maybe I should, that she actually named me. And, you mm. know, there's a, mm. another name, and I thought for a minute would I change it, but then I figured everybody know me by Tammy and all my utility bills is under <laughs> Tammy, so why go through that of changing it? So. Right. So your birth father's name was on your birth certificate? Yes. Oh, wow. And his name is James. So. But that's pretty Talk. cool that you had his name on there. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Well, I'm glad you got him. I'm glad Indiana changed their law just like Illinois did um some years before Indiana. So we just hope all 50 states can, can come on board and all adoptees can have their original birth certificate. I know. Because it helps a lot. It just gives you the answer you need to see it. Yeah. So what has been the most rewarding thing about being connected to the adoption community? I think just having people to talk to that understood what it's like to be adopted and, you know, that it's not something you can just easily accept because you grew up in a house as opposed to an institution or like an orphanage. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of, you know, those people have like understood and like most of the times when I'm really feeling or going through something, I'll write that down. And majority of the time I get, it provokes a conversation from others that had actually maybe felt that way. Because I put the other day, because one of my friends was here couple of weekends ago and she was like it seemed like you just totally out of space and I'd kind of noticed that like when I get around I think certain people certain people that knew I was adopted when I was a child I get quiet so I it was a truth Tuesday but then a other lady and this other girl said it sounds like disassociation to where I guess I disassociate myself from people mm-hmm. that knew and so I kind of think okay I think that's what it is so mm-hmm. I was kind of like looking to that that's a good point you make. Like yeah. Is. Yeah. I I um I'm glad you shared that because I do know that I feel I feel something when I'm in a room with people that know that I'm adopted and aren't adoptees versus a room full of adoptees. Yeah, I, it's something yeah. I do feel different about. I think I'm wondering what do they think about me being adopted? versus I know what adoptees think because we all, we just belong. You know, we don't mind being in each other's company because we know we don't have to explain what it feels like to be adopted. I wanted to ask you, 
What would you share with those who are interested in searching for original family members? Is there anything you would say to them based on your experience in reunion and how it, it went or is going? Maybe don't, maybe don't get it, your expectations up too high that it's just going to be a friendly reunion or that they'll want to get to know you. Right. It's like in my case, you know, I didn't want to get to know her. Then again, I did. And then another thing, she'd come down. I met her in August. I think it was a couple of days after my birthday, a week or two after my birthday. And so she'd come down here in December. Then one of my aunts that did the paper where her daughter married the nephew. It's like, did you know she was here? And I said no. And she was like, well, what'd you think? Or something like that. But it kind of hurt my feelings that she was here and didn't contact me. But I didn't ever reach out to her either. So I didn't kind of figured it from there that maybe it was awkward for her to get to know me then she just okay we met and then I don't want anything else to do with you so I would just say you know just you would want that reunion so you'll have an answer but don't kind of really expect one if they never reached out to you before if you had to do the, re- the reunion to search for the reunion because mm-hmm. in my case that's how it was right yeah I, I get that uh, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share with the audience based on your experience. Am I plan on writing that book? Because one of my friends I was talking to, she was like that I need to forgive the birth mother and the adoptive mother because you know, I didn't have a good relationship with the adoptive mother. So I was going to write my autobiography or memoir and I was going to call it, title it, Two to Forgive, like the adoptive mother and the birth mother and just go into detail of how I don't really know the birth mother too well, but would still have to forgive her for what she done. Because I think now that I'm getting older, I'm beginning to get back preoccupied with being adopted as to just being adopted. And she gave me up because I think I just blocked it as I grew up because the birth mother was like, why would you want to know her? And then before my father had died, the adoptive father, I'd asked him, I'd say one of his have another friend who is adopted so I was like she wants to find her family and then I think he kind of knew I was talking about myself so then he was like why would you want to know they didn't you know they gave you up for adoption so I was like well you're just going to want to know and then I think he understood from there I think that it's I just good, yeah. needed that answer yeah I think it's good that you want to write a memoir I know writing can be so healing I know it was for me and I like that, the forgiveness of two, basically two moms. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a powerful story because there are plenty of adoptees that did not have good adoptive parents, you know, a good adoptive experience. And then in reunion, it's not good either. And so, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, finding a place to heal from both experiences is um, important. When I was 17, the adoptive mother was telling me to get pregnant where she could raise that child. So it got me to thinking, so you just want me to have a child and give it to you? And I, okay, and it was more or less like I'm supposed to live another lie. Mm. Except to, you know, so that it kind of hurt my feelings. Yeah. Except for her to say that. That's very hurtful. I know I've talked to um, a few adoptees that expressed to me what they found during their childhood and teenage years to kind of save them. Did you find anything to kind of give you relief from what you were experiencing that was not good growing up? 
I think just like music than writing stories because I've wanted to be a writer since kindergarten. So. Oh, wow. Just writing different stories. Yeah, writing. And, the, and that's the two tools that keep coming up, writing and music. And yes. I think they're very powerful tools that should be in uh, an adoptee's toolbox to, yeah, to, to get you through the tough times. Yeah. Mhm. Well, Tammy, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It it means a lot to me for you to agree to be on the podcast. I appreciate you for letting me do it. So I was kind of nervous. I've never done it before. Then I've never liked my voice coming up, but I figured, you know, let me. I don't know, trying to step out my comfort zone and do it. So sorry. I'm so glad, glad you, you called did. Me back. Yeah, you did a great job. I thank you. Birth Mother. Since it was her body, it was her choice to get an abortion or give me up for adoption. She chose the latter, and from that choice, I felt as if I would never matter. When I was born, it's as if I was thrown to the streets instead of being around the people I was supposed to meet. I feel as though I was born and bred in the worst way groomed in rumors and whispers, raised by people I saw as liars. From that I learned, don't trust, love, or feel, because I will never know if it is real. Written and created by Tammy K. Murphy. I enjoyed my conversation with Tammy because she is so willing to be transparent and vulnerable. She understands that plays a big part for both the storyteller and the listener. I appreciate how she knows the value of adoptees sharing our stories for ourselves and others in the process of healing. Thank you, Tammy, for having this conversation with me. If I have the opportunity to attend the NAAP conference this year, It would be a delight to meet you in person. A shout out to Shelby and Veronica who put together a book entitled Rooted in Adoption, a collection of adoptee reflections, which was released on May 1st, 2020. You can find both of them on Instagram at rootedinadoption0520. And check out the Adoption Education series via YouTube. I especially liked hearing David Bynum's adoption story because when male adoptees step forward to share their experience as an adoptee, it's a rarity and deeply appreciated by me. If you like Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land, leave a review, subscribe, or give a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so others can find it too. During the course of your day, be sure and tell at least one friend or someone who you believe might find value in it. Remember to share this podcast on social media to spread the word. Hashtag AdopteeLand. Thank you for being here.